When the red light go, uh, take two. When the red light goes off, we're just getting started. This is Off Air with Chris Thomas and Mike Conti, giving you a look behind the scenes of Atlanta's top sports station as we take you through the top stories of the week from the world of sports and entertainment. Welcome to Off Air. All right. Welcome, welcome, welcome on in to the latest, potentially greatest edition of the Off Air Podcast. I am Chris Thomas, joined now, for the moment, by the big kahuna himself, Mike Conti, the station brand manager of 92.9 The Game. So this will be a fun few episodes with him as he fills in the uh, small in stature but big in heart size shoes of our buddy Stephen Gagliano, who's now onto greener pastures, actually right just down the street at Georgia Tech. So we wish Steve the best. We had him send off last episode. But Mike, welcome to the podcast. This is going to be fun. Yeah, I agree. And shout out to Steve. He did a great job and we're going to miss him. Uh, I've, I'm glad Steve was able to find full-time work at Georgia Tech. I think that'll be great for him and great for Georgia Tech. Steve's awesome. But uh, for the next couple weeks or months or however long you need me, uh, I think we'll have a lot of fun kind of talking about the radio station. Hopefully I can shed some light on why we do things the way we do here, or how we do things the way we do. And, uh, uh, you know, we'll, we'll have a lot of fun with this. And uh, this way I can also make sure that I'm being talked about in a, a, a nice way as opposed to maybe a, uh, a not so nice way. Although I trust you guys. I, I, I think you guys probably like me, right? Oh, well, you know, you, you greenlit a podcast for us on air shifts. What, what bad can, what bad can we possibly have to say about the brand manager? There could still be many, many areas. <laughs> Hopefully not today. All right. So before we get into you, which is what I want to spend the majority of this episode on, let, you know, if the job of this podcast is to lift up the curtain and peel back the onion, so to speak, what better way to do it than to get into your career and how we got to this moment and an exciting year coming up for the station. But before I do that, I do have to ask you on behalf of all 929 The Game employees and Falcons fans, are you ready for another week of Marcus Mariota and Desmond Ritter conversation? Well, we have to do it, right? Uh, I mean, that is kind of the conversation now. And we have to – here's the thing. I, I understand it can be repetitious. Uh, weeks ago, I probably didn't even agree with the notion that it was time to um, make a change of the quarterback position. But, but this is where we are right now, and the listeners of our radio station – tend to be very, very passionate Falcons fans. And they're sitting here this morning at 5 and 8, wondering what's going to give us hope? What's going to give us a reason to be interested and and um, care about these final four games of the season? And frankly, what gives the Falcons the best chance to make the playoffs, which is still a mathematical possibility. And the Saints could do the Falcons a lot of help if, uh, if they beat Tampa Bay. And if you're listening to this on Tuesday, you'll already know the answer of what happened, I guess. So we, I think it's our duty uh, as a radio station to have that conversation. I think it's our our responsibility as a radio station to give fans and listeners the opportunity to express themselves, express their opinions, uh, show off their passion 
for the Falcons and and explain why they feel it's either a good decision to stick with Mariota or it's the correct decision to move on to Ritter. And the thing is, and you know this, Chris, most of our hosts are fans too. Mm-hmm. You know, not most of our hosts, all of our hosts are yeah. fans. Too. Some of our hosts have season tickets. I mean, they're they're just like people listening to this podcast right now or people who listen to this radio station. So they have strong opinions too, and they want to express themselves. Um, I'll be curious to see, Chris, how immediately this is addressed by Arthur Smith. I mean, Arthur Smith could come out in the next day or two and say, yeah, we're going to make a change and it's going to be Ritter. And then it does not become as much of a discussion anymore on the radio station because we know what's going to happen. Uh, But I think in the meantime, it's our responsibility as a radio station to give a form for Falcons fans to to express what they want to see. So absolutely, I'm ready for that conversation to continue because I'm very uh, entertained when I hear callers and guests who are very passionate on a subject such as this. Yeah, we are the conduit to the people if we are nothing else in local radio. That's maybe the biggest difference between national and local radio from when I moved uh, from CBS Sports Radio on the national side back to the local scene here in Atlanta is the connection to the audience is everything. It's Mm -hmm. number one through ten on the list of importance that we make sure – as a radio station and as a community, we're in the weeds. We're chopping it up with the people on remotes, and uh, we got to see that firsthand. And every single time we're out on the road, I know, at least for Dukes and Bell, the show I can speak as a representative of, that has been the number one topic of conversation for Falcons fans all season long. All right, on to other pressing matters. Because Mike Conti, I want to know what made you fall in love with radio. As radio listeners, as radio, uh, you know, employees, we all we all get the itch at some point. So how did that happen for you? Yeah. So growing up, I think I realized at a very young age that as much as I loved sports, I was so unathletic and so untalented <laughs> that I would never be able to pursue a career playing sports. Mm-hmm. So the next best thing, in my opinion, was to find a way to still be a part of the game without actually having to play it. And that, to me, at least at a young age, was play-by-play. Uh, and I'm, I'm sure you hear old people like me. I'm only 41, by the way, but I feel like I'm really old. Uh, you, you probably hear old people like me talk about, yeah, during the summer I used to listen to the baseball game on the radio under my pillow. And, and that truly was me. Yeah. Um, except it wasn't baseball, it was ice hockey. My first love growing up was ice hockey. I love the Philadelphia Flyers, still do to this day. So uh, growing up, a big part of my childhood was listening to the Philadelphia Flyers on the radio with Gene Hart doing the play-by-play. Part of it was because, Chris, I uh, I was very lucky. My family had season tickets to Flyers games, but as a little kid, my dad would only let me stay for the first period, and then I had to go home if it was a school night and get to bed. Ah. So we go down to the spectrum. We watch the first period. We drive home. We'd listen to the rest of the game on the radio. So that's what really made an impression on me. Like, wow, he's got to have the coolest job in the world. He can be part of the game and describe all the action. Really, be an integral part of how we as fans consume the game uh, and not have to put skates on. Uh, and not have to grab a stick. So I thought, wow, this could be kind of a viable career option for me because I love sports so much. 
So when I got into the industry, Chris, my goal, and my goal probably still is to this day, uh, my goal is to do play-by-play for uh, a major league or major college sports team. And that probably still is my goal today. I'm very, very happy doing Atlanta United. I love doing it. Um, you know, and, and if I'm doing that for the rest of my life, I'll be very, very happy. But, um, being a brand manager, being a sports director, being a sports update anchor, being a a reporter, being a news reporter, which I did for quite a long time, uh, being a assistant news director, being an operations man, like none of that was really in my career plan. It was always to do play by play. But what I discovered was I can do all the play-by-play in the world. It's not going to be enough to make a living. Uh, you know, play-by-play for many, including myself, unless you're super lucky and, and you're working for an NBA team or a Major League Baseball team or maybe maybe in the National Hockey League, uh, for most people, play-by-play is kind of a side gig. It's not going to pay the bills. It's just something fun to do. And it's the same thing for me. So I had to make a determination, okay, what's going to be my nine to five? What's going to be my day, my day job? And, um, you know, that kind of started when I was in college um, at a radio station up in State College, Pennsylvania. I was their sports director for a while. I became their program director. When I graduated from Penn State, I moved down to Savannah. I was a program director down there for a couple of years at the sports talk station. And then I kind of transitioned into more of a news director role doing news uh, reporting, news anchoring, because I thought that would open up more career doors into a major market for me, and it did. Uh, That got me into New Orleans, and I I still think that was where my career really transformed when I had a chance to work in New Orleans at WWL after Hurricane Katrina. Uh, Working in the news department there was a very rewarding, very educational experience, but I got lucky because... um, you know, the Saints network needed a post game host and they had no one around to do it. And I overheard that. I go, I'll do it. Hey, uh, you know, the arena football team down there, which is owned by the Saints and WWL had the rights to it as a result. They needed a play by play announcer. They had no one around to do it. I'll do it. Yep. You know, and that kind of that, that got my sports itch, uh, satisfying. For a little while until I got here to Atlanta. But, you know, when I came to the Atlanta market, I came here as a news anchor. I didn't come here to work in sports radio. I came here as a news anchor. I always wanted to go back into sports, but uh, the opportunity at, at first never presented itself. Um, you know, uh, 680 The Fan and 790 The Zone had no no use for me. Uh, uh, I applied twice to be the play-by-play announcer at Georgia Tech. Neither time they would even return my phone call. Huh. Uh, so... You know, here I am now. I, I, I it, when ninety two nine was signing on, uh, the place down the street where I was working, literally the same week, went uh, and changed formats, which uh, created an opportunity for me to cross the street. And I was very, very lucky that they hired me here. And and it became a lot of again, I'll do it. You know, oh, if we're we're broadcasting an Atlanta Dream Game Saturday. We have no one to that. Eh, I'll do it. Uh, hey, we're doing the Corky Cal this fall, uh, but we don't have anyone to call. Yeah, I'll do it, you know. And and so, the last ten years here at ninety two nine for me, Chris. Uh, I know this has been a very long answer to a short question. I apologize. You're, you're going to find as we do this podcast, I do that a lot. I apologize. Um, but a lot of the last ten years for me have have just been me raising my hand and say, "I'll do it." 
uh, and and to an extent, that's kind of how I'm in the seat I'm in right now. And for aspiring young broadcasters out there, we introduce Mike Conti to the media nugget button. Something me and Steve make great use of. We have very high production on this podcast. Uh, I didn't know that you were a PD once before. So that is a media nugget for me, your co-host. How about that? Uh, Yeah. That's a great uh, insight into your career there and uh, exactly how you got to be in the, uh, the, to quote my old buddy, Mike Francesa, the power chair, that, that you're sitting in today. A uh, little let's... bit different, though, being the program director in market 150 with one local show and like two or three local employees, as opposed to being in the PD chair in market seven with Lyman local almost 24 seven and a staff of the either 30 or 40 people I, I i keep losing count of that it is a little bit different you mean there's not one guy just named bob the engineer with overalls on that keeps the lights on runs the board so funny bob was the name of our engineer in pennsylvania that's so funny he did not wear overalls though but that is really really funny and those guys do upwards of 11 and a half jobs just to keep the lights crazy. on. Yeah, to, even changing the coffee maker yeah they, yeah. they do everything it's it's a it's a truly different experience. All right, we'll hit our world famous tr- transition topic sounder as we move on to segment two of the podcast. All right, Mike, the people want to know: twenty twenty three is right around the corner. What is going to be new and exciting, and what's going to be old and exciting, and what's going to be coming to this radio station over the next year? Yeah. Well, you know, I, I think a lot of what we've been doing, especially over the last month or two, was kind of paying tribute to the last 10 years, uh, mm-hmm. celebrating our our 10-year anniversary in October. We had such a good time at New Realm, and I know you and Steve talked about that on a prior, to di- prior edition of Off Air, and, um, you know, we, we had a really great time kind of reflecting on what we've done and, and how far we've come, but to me... Um, 2023 is about the next decade of 92.9 The Game and setting us up to be um, a radio station that I think responds maybe a little bit differently to what our listeners want to hear than right now. Uh, And I I think we started evolving a little bit when we brought Steak and Sandra in here Mm -hmm. in August. Um, Just injecting a little more variety into our lineup. I mean, you let me be clear. Like you're not going to hear any drastic changes or anything like that. I think what you might notice is the imaging of the radio station might sound a little bit different. And for those of you who don't know what imaging is, think of the promos that you hear. Think of the, um, you know, the short little musical pieces and sound pieces you hear that identify us as sports radio, 92, nine, the game. I think our imaging might evolve a little bit because it really has not changed much over the last 10 years. Um, You know, one thing that I think Steak has done a very good job of is bringing the fastest two hours of radio Mm. onto Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. And and I want the station to sound fast and energetic, uh, but I also want it to reflect what Atlanta is, which I think is uh, a city full of very passionate sports fans that also embraces the diversity 
of the fan base. And I think you're going to continue to hear that. I think that's one thing I'm very proud of here at Sports Radio 92.9 The Game is that we have a diverse staff and we have a very diverse customer base of listeners who come from all kinds of backgrounds. Um, and I want to lean into that more. Um, you know, I, I want us to sound like what our listeners are, if that makes sense. I, I sure. want our sound to reflect what our, our listener base is. And also, you know, I think I think I kind of learned something, Chris, when Goody Mob was up here a couple weeks ago. They did a concert announcement with Andy and Randy. And the, the guys were all like, yeah, you know, we just got out of our, our car. We were listening to 92.9. When we get back into our car, we're going to listen to 92.9. You know, I've talked to some folks at Hawks games who um, they'll come on the pregame show to promote their concert or an album coming out or something like that. They all say they're big 92.9 The Game listeners. So in, in 2023, I want to create uh, a space where an artist, a musician, an actor, uh, an athlete, it, like with Dansby Swanson and what, what he did with Dukes and Bell. I want to create uh, a living room where they can come in and they can express their opinions uh, and not have to feel like they have to talk about work. Because right. quite frankly, I think what we do as a radio station, Chris, I want to be an escape from bad news, politics, you know, pressing conversations, difficult thing. I want to be an escape. Sports is an escape for us, right? You know, we sports is not supposed to be a high-stress, worrisome experience. It's supposed to be fun. And I want to create a space where we can have those artists, musicians, actors, athletes come up here and, and have a safe space to have fun and talk about sports and relax. And in the process, entertain and maybe even inform our listeners a little bit. What would you say has been the biggest surprise or the biggest huh kind of moment since you took over as the program director? It's a good question. Probably my biggest huh moment was um, seeing how quickly you, Abe, Dylan, Caleb, and Garrett took to the on-air hosting. Uh, because I think uh, in prior, let, let me backtrack a as brand manager. I always had faith and confidence that you guys, and, and I, I, I mentioned you five because you were hired here to be producers, not to be on air people. Right. But I recognize that the five of you had strong opinions, were entertaining, were funny, could speak coherently, uh, and, and could present themselves well on the air. Uh, what I did not realize was how little coaching you would need to get there. You know, what, what I thought was, okay, I'm going to give you five an opportunity to do some shows. We'll try a couple and then we'll see where you are. And if it's working out, we'll keep going. And if it's not, we'll stop, you know, and if we're kind of in between, maybe I can coach you up to the point where we can keep doing it. You guys haven't needed much coaching. Uh, I should include Squidbilly in this too. I, I'm sorry that I did not. Uh, he should be included in that too. You guys haven't needed coaching. You've been able to go on and be entertaining and represent the radio station very well, uh, and um, and and express strong opinions that entertain and inform our listeners. That to me was the huh moment. Like huh, I didn't realize it was going to be that easy. 
And and by the way, I, I didn't mean to leave out Brian Gebhardt and, and Bo Johnson as well. I'm I'm sorry. Like it, it they they're absolutely included in that too. Uh, Two dudes, Day-Day, same fantasy, bro. Fantasy. Uh Day Day Lewis is gonna be doing a prep basketball show mm. uh starting in January after Hawks games on Saturday nights. Um, you know, I I want to create opportunities for everyone to grow, but the biggest huh moment was just how ready everyone was to do it once i was able to have the uh, decision making ability to allow it if that makes sense yeah and every market's different um when it comes to sports radio you know i would say the majority of producer types want some sort of on-air role as their next future endeavor but it just depends on the market manager it depends on the big wigs like rick caffey and um, you know, Reggie Rouse, guys who make not just our station, you know, run, but the entire Atlanta market run. You know, when those guys get, give your backing and your blessing, it makes it a lot easier to say, hey, I'm going to run this experiment and see how it goes. So, you know, salute to everyone at Odyssey Atlanta, top to bottom, for allowing uh, something that was a complete, you know, guesstimation on, on everyone's part to turn into something that's become a real success for the radio station. Yeah, it was an experiment and now it's turned into a fixture, right? you know, and, and what that allows me to do now as a brand manager, Chris, is think about the next place where I can experiment because I'm going to, I'm going to try anything mm-hmm. that I think will entertain our listeners and make an impression on our listeners. And you know what? Sometimes it's not going to work, but I would rather try and find out and know than wonder what if. And I, I think seeing how well you guys as producers have done with that challenge uh, makes me feel more confident about the next experiment that we're going to try whenever that happens. Last one on uh, this topic. How would you describe your leadership style and how it has evolved in the first few months on the job? So I've tried to be really, really hands-off and intervene only when necessary. I don't want to hover uh, I've worked for hoverers, if that makes yeah. sense. Uh, I did not like being led by hoverers, so I don't want to hover. Uh, again, I have faith and confidence that our staff here has enough common sense where they don't need me to tell them what to do. I will occasionally chime in with thoughts and opinions, but and Chris, I think you can speak to this as someone who's a, a host and a producer. You know, I, I'm very, very infrequently, if ever, going to instruct our talent on what I would like for them to say or what I'd like for them to do. I trust that they know what they're going to do. Um, Where most of my time is spent right now is not necessarily hovering over the operation of the radio station. It's trying to be creative Mm -hmm. and trying to find ways for us to do programming that will entertain inform and make us money and um that's an ongoing process and it continues we have a really cool thing you know it's not quite fully baked yet but we're going to do something the first week of february that i can't wait to talk about Mm. and you know that that's taken up a lot of my time recently is uh you know getting all the details in place to to make it make sense uh make it entertaining and make it a revenue producer so most of my time as a quote-unquote leader in my leadership style is actually collaborating in meetings with other leaders here at the radio station. And I can do that because 
I don't need to look over your shoulder or Brian's shoulder or Abe's shoulder or Oren's shoulder. I trust that you guys know what you're going to be doing. When you have a question, you know where to find me. Um, but that that's my biggest goal. I want to give everyone here the room to be creative and the room to feel like they're not being watched 24-7. I, I think that's going to allow our hosts and our producers to do their best work. All right, last one here. Third and final segment of the show is always and forever will be the Hall of Fame audio clip of the day where we pull something from the weekend in this case or during the week for our next episode and we share it with the audience and we react. So Kirby Smart can smile. This was discovered during his post-game press conference after Georgia wins the SEC championship, him and Stetson Bennett. Stetson was able to pry not even just a smile, but a laugh from the UGA head coach. Told JD in the, in the huddle, because he hadn't played that much. And I was like, all right, this is you, brother. And uh, so I sprinted left, tossed it to him, and he actually threw a spiral, I think. Yeah. Uh, I don't think he's throwing one of those in, in practice. Yeah. I don't think he's read that play. No, for somebody else referenced. We don't even talk about that. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, um, you know, his, 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 we, me and AD have something that you'll never have. What? We're both career passing record at UGA is one, one for, for one. one. <laughs> and you're, I'm, I'm like, 50%. Two point conversions, drop the snap, do a pass, <laughs> one for one. So you and Bobo are behind. All right, Mike. It's not a, it, well, it is a rare day that you hear that side of Kirby. It's just so cool to hear that. Yeah, it is. It really does kind of peel back the curtain a little bit. Um, we know that Kirby can't be, you know, a 10 out of 10 hard ass all the time, right? Belichickian, like, yeah. Belichick. You just you can't relate to kids in that way. There's no way you can effectively recruit or retain uh, 18 to 22-year-old kids uh, if you're going to be on 15 all the time. You need, to, you need to be able to dial that back. I think that's what makes Nick Saban such a good coach. He he knows when he needs to go hard and push and dial it back, but we never really get to see behind that facade. So that was really, really cool to see after the SEC championship on Saturday. And I, I'm really excited for Georgia. I, I think it's one thing to win the national championship for the first time in, in 41 years as they did last year. It's another thing to do it after a perfect season. And now they have the opportunity to do that. And that's something they have not done since 1980. Um, it's exciting for, obviously, Kirby. It's exciting for the University of Georgia and their fans and alumni. And quite frankly, it's exciting for us here at the radio station because we get to tell that story again. Uh, and I, I get annoyed sometimes when, when we have this debate, well, Georgia's not an Atlanta team. You spend too much time talking about them. The fact of the matter is uh, there is a large enough contingent of people who are passionate about the University of Georgia who listen to our radio station. Again, it is our duty to provide that fraction of our listenership with coverage and with the opportunity to express their opinions on them. So uh, the longer that Georgia goes in the playoff, the better it is for us. And, and I hope Kirby and Stetson Bennett go all the way to L.A. Yeah, I mean, they are the college of note for the entire state. I mean, there is no university big or small that comes close in size or scope or fandom both in the state and outside of the state 
especially now with right. how good the, the football, if the basketball team could ever figure it out, I mean, we'd, well, we'd really be on to something. And, and let's address the elephant in the room really quickly. Like Georgia Tech, if Georgia Tech were a perennial playoff contender or a perennial ACC contender, uh, and there was a large amount of interest in Georgia Tech, we would be covering them the same way we cover Georgia. I'd be stupid you know, not to. 100%. There's a large amount of Auburn fans that live in Atlanta. There's a large amount of Clemson fans that live in Atlanta. There's a large amount of Ohio State fans that live in Atlanta. I think that's one thing that might be lost in the mix of this whole Peach Bowl, th- Peach Bowl thing. There's going to be a lot of Ohio State fans. But Georgia right now is the perennial number one powerhouse team in this market, and they are going to command the lion's share of the attention. I would love it to get to a point where Georgia Tech is commanding the same level of attention in football as Georgia because that that gives us then really fun content that turns into debate and who's better and who needs to do this. I you know I would love for it to get to that point, but it's not like we sit here and make a conscious decision, oh, we're only going to cover Georgia, we're not going to cover Georgia Tech. Untrue. You know, and it, I think you saw when Georgia Tech basketball won the ACC championship uh in March of 2021, we covered that very hard. So uh, it's just a matter of knowing the temperature of what's hot in Atlanta. And right now, Georgia's hot. Yeah. And I mean, from the radio station perspective, too, I mean, it's literally down the street. So it would be it would be. Yeah. Yeah. Rather than taking that hike all the way out to Athens. I mean, kidding me. Right. From a just from a logistical standpoint as well. And by the way, sorry, Chris, we're going to have Brent Key in studio in the next day or two or three okay hey we're we're gonna be doing all of that there yeah there's another nugget yeah we're gonna be doing all of that um but again we have to we have to cater to the broadest possible audience at any given time and right now our broadest college football audience is concerned with what's going on at the university of georgia yeah a hundred percent and just like that, Mike, you made it through. You passed with flying colors your first episode of Off Air. I know it's a big deal for you. I, I hope I hope you uh, you know you take it and put the gold medal on the start today on the. Uh, hey, listen, th- this is fun. I can't wait for the next one, and uh, hopefully, I didn't talk your ear off for a half hour. No, this was great insight. We'll definitely do a lot more of this, and I have a whole bunch more stuff I want to ask you and dive into about the radio station and some of the personalities here. Uh, you know, we made it an entire episode without mentioning John Fricky once. So, how can, <laughs> how, how can we have how can we have that happen? So, right, plenty plenty of those shenanigans and more. All right, follow him at Mike Conti ninety nine on social media. I am at C Thomas Radio. We'll talk to you guys in just a couple of days. This has been the Off Air Podcast. <laughs>